You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these half-hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. Uh, And before we dive into my next guest, uh, which I'm very excited about, uh, I'm almost equally as thrilled to let everyone know that the This Just In radio show will go on the road this spring, and we're broadcasting live from the HIMSS 16 annual conference in Las Vegas starting March 1st. We already have a great slate of CEO, CIO, care providers, thought leaders, and even a few celebrity guests confirmed for the show. Uh, And You'll even see uh, a lot of this being rolled out uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, The HIMSS media team has already begun. Um, and we're even having a special stage built to resemble the ESPN College Game Day look and feel. So hopefully everyone is registering for Him 16 in Las Vegas, and we'll see you out there. Uh, but for this episode, my 35th episode, we're going to speak with a good longtime friend and former Greenway colleague, Greg Fulton. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me on. You got it. And actually, it's a welcome back to the show. Indeed. So uh, our last show was such a great success. We had thousands of listeners tune in, but also continue to download um, even after our initial broadcast. So I'm very happy to have you back, my friend. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously you're still with Greenway running their policy shop, but then also you have a new title. You're a vice chair of the EHR Association Delivery System Reform Workgroup, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Very cool. So uh, from our discussion today, certainly your lens through uh, being an expert with Greenway, but then also certainly being a vice chair of the work group, I want to I want to kind of have your comments through the through that lens as well because uh, you know we uh, I was very fortunate to be one of the uh, co-founders of the EHR Association and um, such a great brain trust uh, that we collect uh, we have there and, and uh, just uh, all the good that we do in healthcare um, from those the, those posts. So um, uh, let's but you know let's uh, let's actually dive in. Let's uh, without any further ado, let's just dive in here. Um, and talk about all the big things happening in healthcare and health IT public policy. And uh, let's actually start off with the delivery system reform work group. Uh, what are you guys working on and what do you guys really see kind of taking off here? Yeah, and, and you know, would also mention that work group's about a year old or so. Um, MACRA certainly um, is our, our, our biggest task right now. And if you recall, what we know is MACRA now was actually delayed for a year, a year ago. So I think EHRA was looking ahead rightfully when they formed this work group. Delivery system reform certainly reflects what MACRA is doing and some other value-based medicine, things like that. So it was formed about a year ago, and um, so now MACRA has been really the, the main focus of what we're doing. I'll give a quick shout-out. And MACRA to, stands for? Uh, the Medicare Access and Chips Reauthorization Act yep. of 2015. Perfect. Yep. Uh, you recall, again, a year ago it, yep. it got uh, pushed out as bundled with the ICT-10 delay. Yes, that's right. So f- work group formed then in anticipation, so now whole hog into it. I'll give a quick shout-out to Suzanne uh, Travis, who's the chair of that work group. Mm. She's with McKesson, and she's also here in Atlanta. Excellent. Uh, does a great yeah. job. As you say, EHRA, d- a wonderful mindset and mind share. Speaking of hymns, related to hymns, too. Right, yeah. So it all, all, all comes together that way. So, yes, the MACRA um, law, certainly what's going to be more sweeping or, or more changing than that, uh, probably nothing at this point or, or near future, so really the timeline for MACRA, what we've done so far in the work group, 
Many of you might be aware that the macro RFI, the request for information, came out a few months ago, and comments were due back about mid-November or so. So we really spent a lot of time on that. Uh, as you also know, Justin, uh, EHRA made up of the Meaningful Use Work Group, uh, Clinical Decision Support Work Group, um, Clinical Experience, st- was it clinical, uh, clinical Experience, Usability Work Group, um, Standards and Interoperability. All of those minds got together to do this RFI. We sort of spearheaded it and sent some comments into that. We'll spend a lot of time on it, but just wanted to note that a couple of the real key areas where we made comments were around the MIPS scoring track. You know the two scoring tracks, alternative payment model, and then the MIPS merit-based incentive program scoring track, um, that one to 100 scale there. A lot of our comments centered around the clinical practice improvements section of MIPS, meaningful use, also one of those four scoring tracks. We think clinical practice improvements, the most interesting are the more more flexible. And so we're anticipating a lot of interesting Mm -hmm. uh, content on that one. It's the one that's kind of the most vague and has the most opportunity to be put together. Our main comment there was, you know, how are you going to form an attestation program? Right. You're going to be attesting, attesting for meaningful use. How are you going to do that all for, for some of these others? So we looked at that. We also looked at performance review. If you're going to have a year, it's going to be a scoring program. How are you going to be able to gauge your own performance? We only think it's fair that providers should be able to have a way to look at their own performance throughout the year to see how their scoring's going. Kind of like we do with the Meaningful Dashboard in a way, right? Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. There's a lot of analytics. There's a lot of solutions that you can gauge your performance. We think that's only fair for MIPS, too, because it's going to be such a new and different program. You've got four scoring elements you know, to, to juggle with. The other big thing we really focused on on commentary was certification. Uh, a lot of people haven't been talking talking a lot about it yet, not really well known, but mm-hmm. ONC has a work group that's right now is contemplating whether there should be a certification program for the other scoring model in MACRA, that being the alternative payment model. And then there were some alarm bells that went off sure. in the industry because yeah. you're already struggling with, am I going to do 2015 certification? Exactly. When do I have to have that done by? When's Meaningful Use 3 going to happen? Is it really going to be voluntary in 2017? And so on. Yeah. So ONC is talking about another certification program on top of 2015 that would only be for the alternative payment model track. Wow. So that looks challenging, too. So we did some commentary around that. We've done some letters to ONC, too. That's a long way of saying that for this work group and for much of the industry, you know, upcoming MACRA is, is really a big ticket item. If you look at the timelines for MACRA, you're looking at a proposed rule in the spring of 2016 mm-hmm. toward a final rule later in 2016, and that bumps up with what you're going to be doing with your 2015 edition certification if Stage 3 is a voluntary 2017 year. So you see this convergence of, of a right. lot of things and a lot going on So there. here, I think the important thing, and I... And I Probably my listeners are, are very advanced in healthcare. Most of them are, at least. Uh, so they understand macro and the, the effect on, on healthcare. But bottom line there is we are eliminating fee-for-service and how all care providers on the inventory side are paid today. Yes. And we are sunsetting that at the end of 2018 and had this new macro program and MIPS program being rolled out starting in 2019. So all doctors in the inventory setting will be paid under this new payment model uh, coming out. So it's, it's a sea change. For this yes. industry, it's, it's going to change how every single talk to the inventory setting is, is paid. So it's pretty significant. Um, and so for everybody that you know, doesn't know what MACRA is, uh, and we're using that acronym a lot, it's going to change how you know, all your, your family care, your family doctor, your pediatricians, your neurologists, and so forth, um, they all uh, are going to be you know, modified uh, on their payment scale 
to really switching over to quality-based, outcome-based payments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm extremely excited about it. I worked 10 years on the Hill trying to get something like this created. So um, I'm very happy that it finally uh, crossed the finish line. But, um, but tell us now more about the, some of the elements. Uh, there's uh, some new elements, I think, uh, CMS announced around MIPS. So what do, what do you know about yeah, that? Yeah, we've learned uh, we've, through that EHRA and through some of these work groups, you know, you've got stakeholder meetings and ongoing dialogue with CMS and ONC. So that, that, that's good. And through that, we've had some real recent meetings. And once again, when you look at the four scoring elements of MIPS, resource use, quality reporting, meaningful use, and then the one that's been sort of vague, clinical practice improvement. How do you measure that? What's that really going to mean? It really seems to run the gamut everywhere from, you know, wheelchair access or or very basic things like that. What we're learning from CMS now is they want to put various elements within that one element. So it's while it's complicated, some information is coming out. We're very interested to see that population management via public health reporting is right now penciled in as part of clinical practice improvement. It makes you scratch your head a little bit because mm-hmm. public health reporting is such a big yet challenging sure element is. of meaningful use. Yeah, it is. Does that mean it's going to pull out a meaningful use and go into CPI? Don't know yet. Wouldn't go that far. But that's an element that the secretary has put into that language that we're seeing now coming out of CMS. So that alone is very interesting. The other thing that's arguably even more interesting, again, if you look at the two main payment tracks, I know it's complicated, yep. but alternative payment models right. is the other track. Yeah. Argu- or, yeah. yeah, the APMs. Arguably more beneficial, arguably more financially beneficial, maybe arguably more more clinically relevant yep. to, to your practice. But if you look back at what's emerging now in CPI, there is a public health element to it. There is also information that if you're in an accountable care organization, maybe you don't hit the downside risk. Maybe you don't hit the financial benchmarks mm-hmm. to be a qualifying APM participant in that track. What we're learning from CMS is that if you're in a standard CMS MSSP, yep. Medicare Shared, Shared Savings, Savings yeah. Program, as the acronyms roll off. Yeah, here, exactly. Um, if you're in one of those, that is going to count towards your scoring in a very beneficial way Good. back in the MIPS clinical practice Excellent. improvement track. So I thought that was very interesting because sort of the message to providers, whether you're hospital-based, whether you're yep. ambulatory-based, yep. Look at your ACO participation. Now, if we're finding that ACOs are going to count for you in the MIPS track, maybe you don't have to migrate from Pioneer into the Next Generation ACO program. Right. Next Generation is an ACO program worth us talking a little bit about, too, because it drops meaningful use as one of the scoring elements. It's a, it's a yep. winding road right. where you're trying to connect the dots. But if you are in the APM track, you can opt out of the MIPS track. Therefore, you would opt out of meaningful use. Therefore, if you're in next generation, you already don't have meaningful use as part of your scoring. So that sort of sets up a bit of a decision tree or roadmap, mm-hmm. uh, again, whether you're hospital-based or ambulatory physician-based, is really start looking at these strategies of where am I going to go with, with, with MACRA and, and, and its, 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 its emergence. There's, there's options there. Lot, yeah, here you get assess. it. So it's kind of funny. The my producer Ryan um, uh, interviewed me for his uh, his radio show, uh, Atlanta Business Radio, and I t- I told him the complexity um, that all this is around healthcare and navigating providers and why it's so important to create 
in my opinion, a fully integrated solution and strategy to roll out because right. these care providers need help navigating the future of healthcare because of all the complexities that uh, that you just went through. Um, and it's very it's it's very tough. And they're they're trying to practice medicine. Yep. Well, I think we have to give them a roadmap to be successful and, and navigate the the technology, the administrative, the financial uh, components. They can do a great job on the clinical side, but we got to give them a real robust set of solutions and hopefully all integrated uh, instead of all these siloed things. And we we're just talking about that in another show. So you kind of proved my point, Indeed. which I appreciate. Indeed. Look at your data analytics. Look at your health information exchange. You yeah. know, if you've got core bedrock items that are going to serve you well in either of these tracks, as they do for meaningful use. And you're right. We get so many questions at Greenway like, am I eligible to, to, to a test for stage two in 2016? I mean, it's a yeah. basic things. They're just trying to look at the now. It's hard for them to look so far ahead. But as we see these things emerging out, I think there'll be a little more a little better way to really point them in directions that are going to serve them best. Yeah. And for everyone that may joined a little late, uh, my guest today is Greg Fulton from Greenway Health. So I want to take one quick step back because, you know, this additional certification potential uh, for EHR software companies that may um, create products for the APM track right, right. Uh, could, <laughs> that would be tough. If, if I was an EHR vendor still, um, I would certainly have some concerns with that. We have so much certification, and certification is really a double-edged sword because you actually do lock out a lot of the innovation in the industry by having all this regulatory burden that no matter how great your product is, they might not be able to afford a $50,000 certification strategy or $100,000, $200,000 certification strategy because, I mean, it costs $25,000, $35,000 just to get certified. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, all the work that goes into it. So it's a big process, and you got to manage. I mean, because we, we push back on the FDA Constantly, because that's a you know, if you become regulated by the FDA, you're looking at a one to two, three million dollar charge to your bottom line of your business. Mm-hmm. Well, companies, we can't take on another three million dollar you know series of debt, uh, you know, just to navigate an FDA process. Mm-hmm. So, it's um, you know, managing this regulatory um, com- strategy and component is critically important. And again, that's why we formed the EHR Association to really offer our expertise, what it does to uh, you know companies and corporations in this industry, what it means for care providers. Um, you know, so again, I'm not, I, I, I'm a fan of certification, but also we gotta be how much certification. Yeah. Can go down? I think there's two big issues with certification. Um, one is, you know, what was good and visionary about the 2015 edition final rule is they've really decoupled from meaningful use and they've added some elements that can put you outside of meaningful use. And that's a good thing, such mm-hmm. as behavioral health. Right. Long-term care, post-acute care. If you're certifying for that, that's great, but some of those are optional or voluntary. Right. So, again, as you say, if you're a developer, you're looking at how am I going to navigate 2015? I've yeah. got to build an API. Yeah. I've got to do some things like that. Oh, if there's one for APM, maybe I'm not going to do the test scripts on behavioral health or some of those things that could serve population health. So I think that's the threat if you bundle these up, that, that you'll, you'll start parsing away some of the things that, that would be good to have. Now, I got the it. Future. The only thing is you used API, which is basically uh, an inter- integration um, strategy, but then you use APM, and they're totally different. <laughs> that's an alternative payment model, uh, right. which is a, a future payment model, or actually current in some markets today, but APM as it relates to, uh, to macro. So we get a lot of acronyms, I know, uh, and we constantly apologize for that <laughs> because that's just the, the, uh, you know, the world the words that we use in the world that we live in uh, is very acronym driven. Some of this will flush out. Yeah. Um, but it may not flush out. We also just had a comment period for meaningful use three. Yeah. What CMS was asking is how should meaningful use be merged into the macro program? 
So comments were due November, uh, I'm sorry, December 15th. Those comments are in, but we may not see any decision-making on that until the proposed rule for macro comes out in the spring of 2016. Kind of puts you in a lull if right. you're a developer, yep. but then that's where we might see, you know, how will these things be merged in? Will MU3 get pushed back? Some things like that. Very cool. So now let's talk, let's take a little bit of a step back and talk, you know, because we dove really quickly into macro because it's actually on top of mind. I mean, it, if it's not, it needs to be on the top of your mind if yeah. you're a care provider. Yes, it does. Uh, or even if you're an EHR vendor um, or in health IT, because this is going to drive how all future payments are. So I want to do a deep dive. Thank you very much, Greg, for doing that. Uh, but let's take one step back now, um, and let's ta- the, tackle the legislative side as well as the regulatory side. So uh, in a couple of minutes, let's uh, tackle the legislative side. So what are you seeing for 2016 on the legislative side that are going to be the big you know, focuses? Mm-hmm. Well, as we experienced at the end of 2015, a, a, a lot of individual or small desires got pushed, and then some big-ticket items got pushed also You know, on the – on the laundry list, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, there was some early bills around 90 days in 2016 for meaningful use, um, pushing stage three, some things like that. When those get pushed, you know, we'll have to see how those emerge. Um, there is bipartisan support for a lot of these things, so that might be good as we go into yeah. a, a raucous, you know, presidential election oh, yeah. year in the Congress. The silly season, as we said last time. The silly time. season <laughs> is, is, is getting ever closer. Yeah. Um, the, so those are going to be interesting. But if you look at big picture items, 21st century cures, yep. um, still in play for 2016. It's a good bill. Um, Needs to pass. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's got some interoperability language yep. in there, some that developers may or may not like. But I think there's you know grudging consensus that some things need to be honed in on interoperability. Yes. ONC report that came out at the end of last year, we see another, you know, some mm-hmm. more language around oh, yeah. desiring incentives. You know, they look at macro, they look at care coordination as an incentive versus maybe a, a financial incentive model. So we're we watching 21st century cures. Bundled within that overall guise of 21st century, where, um, there's another, what's known as the Cassidy Bill, another Senate bill that's got language around interoperability in it. Uh, that aforementioned ONC report was around data blocking. There's language in some of the bills for that. So I would say that for health IT mm-hmm. and for providers, 2016 legislation is really going to be the focus on interoperability. Mm-hmm. Will there be deadlines put on it? Will there be standards put on it? Things like that that we'll see come out of Congress. In addition to that, we'll look for anything somewhat more minor on meaningful use changes. There's even rumors now that they might change the name of meaningful use because the brand is, is, a, <laughs> is, is a bit tarnished. <laughs> that way, when we, when we see a proposed rule for Macro in 2016, we might see something called something not meaningful use. You know, those are the things yeah. we'll be watching out of Congress also. Uh, but I think cures, as you say, is, yeah. is the big, big ticket item. Interoperability will fold into that and be in some of these other bills. It's going to be very interesting to see how, con- how Congress handles some of these things. Very cool. What about the regulatory side? What do you think we're going to see? And what are some of the big movements, um, MU3? Or what do you think for the you know 2016? I do believe that we won't see any changes in meaningful use until – the macro proposed rule comes in the spring of 2016. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. That was what the comment period was about. Yeah. We'd love something sooner, but we probably won't get it. Um, there's a lot of consensus building in the industry that MU3 will push um, beyond that voluntary 2017 year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I won't predict too much, but I don't know if, if certification just for the APM track is going to be a reality or not. 
I think those will, will be the big items to watch. You know, there's going to be some other smaller things around bundled payments and capitation, some things like that that are being worked into, um, you know, MACRA is Medicare only. Um, mm-hmm. I think there might be some some things on the Medicaid side uh, around innovation that might be trying to catch up too. Yep. That would be a great thing. Yeah, great it thing. would. Not to be forgotten is Medicaid and some yeah. of the innovation models some other states are doing, the DSRIP program, sorry, another acronym, <laughs> and, and some things like that that, that that are out there. What you saw on the comment period for MU3 was a lot of consensus from provider groups, AMA, American Hospital Association, things like that, um, to push MU3. But you also did see some support for, we, we threw that other API acronym in there. That's yep. the Application Programming Interface. Yep. There is consensus that we should have bidirectional third-party app patient yes. data going in and out of the EHR. It, it's just a question of when and how, and how some of those things will shake out, too. And that's a certifiable element as well. So a lot, a lot, um, I think, will come to pass next year. Cool. So one thing you and I did, we, you know, we obviously ran hard on the policy side and, and helped however we could in the, in the public policy, but uh, also near and dear to our hearts is really helping care providers navigate the future of healthcare. So let's dive into that a little bit and, and you know, cause you know, I spent uh, a lot of time trying to help uh, providers yes. take that very next step and um, looking out uh, how can they look at the, you know, manage their bottom line, navigate uh, the, all these changes coming at them uh, in healthcare, having the right interoperability, having the right t- company uh, that they, they partner with to navigate them through the future of healthcare because, again, they need all the help that they can get. They're just trying to practice medicine, and we need to give them the best public policy. We need to give them uh, the best, uh, most usable electronic health records out there, the most usable health IT, the most integrated, the most interoperable. They deserve that. I mean, they're, they're taking care of this country, uh, the care providers, and so we owe them that from the innovation side and the entrepreneurial side. So, um, but I say all that to kind of tee you up. Um, what would you, um, you know, what do you suggest that care providers look at? I mean, I just kind of went through a, a platform mm-hmm. type of strategy for them and, and with some interoperability and, and certainly usability. But what do you suggest uh, if they have some of that in place or, you know, because I think meaningful use try to get a lot of that in place. Yeah. But what do you suggest they focus I, on? I would suggest as you see through MACRA, you see quality reporting mm-hmm. being bundled. What you saw on the physician fee schedule was some new registry elements coming out to allow you to not only bundle you know, what you're reporting, but bundle how it is sent in. Hmm. So I would look at how you can report your quality measures and how you can Excellent. bundle those in. Yep. I mean, there are solutions in this industry now that will not only bundle those and so you can report those, they will also send that bundled information up to payers. So if you're a provider that really kind of cares about the physician compare website and how you rate on them, things like that. Look for some solutions that can bundle all of your quality reporting in, whether you're doing PQRS, the VBM, uh, the value-based modifier, right, right, acronym, yeah. some things like that that will be bundled as a scoring element, but you've still got to report them. Look for solutions that can bundle those and, and kind of one-stop shop your quality report, reporting in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, look at your interoperability, you know, data exchange. You've talked about this also historically, Justin. You've got to kind of change your mindset on yeah. what interoperability is. Don't think of it as just, you know, my system and your system talking. Think about patients to providers, you know, all those elements right. that, that you've led some thought leadership on that. So look at your interoperability. You can even argue that, that sending in those quality reporting is a, is a part of interoperability. But, you know, look at the Commonwealth Network. Look at the eHealth Exchange. Look at what might suit best your practice, your patient population, things like that. Public health reporting is not going to go away. 
We've, if we see it's not doing so well in meaningful use, we've already got some inclination it may be showing up in MIPS scoring elsewhere, not even in meaningful use. So those things will not go away either. Your data analytics, performance reviews, find ways to benchmark your performance as your time goes by. Get that data in there and see how you can exchange it. That's going to serve you well if you're in the MIPS program, if you're in the APM, the alternative payment model. Those are where your ACOs are going to lie. You right. know, that best scoring is going to come from accountable care organization participation. We're starting to see more and more, you know, what's going to be a qualified APM. Yep. Again, the next generation ACO model, it's in its first year in 2016. Second year to participate is in 2017. They predicted CMS thought maybe they'd get 15 or 20 applications. They got, they got more than 40. Right. So that's a good model. You can migrate from other CMS models into next generation. So, so think about some things like that also I think would serve you well. What about um, in the closing couple minutes here? So for say a minute for this answer, what do you like on innovation that's going to kind of come new or, or enlarge in 2016? I will go back to the idea of um, getting your data for quality reporting mm-hmm. not only bundled, but sent to payers for you directly. Okay. I'm not talking excellent. about a account, not yeah. really AR or claims reporting, right. but getting that data sent in there and checking your performance ongoing throughout that reporting period. Real briefly, I, I wanted really to talk about, and I'll just very sure. briefly mention, don't forget to look in the physician fee schedule. There are some new things for 2016. The chronic care management yeah, incentive has expanded that. to FQHCs. Yep. Uh, the advanced care planning, uh, you know, the, the and, and the wellness visits, things like that. There's new money for that. Telehealth. You're going to see telehealth expand even more in 2016. Glad you brought that up. There are, what, six, seven, eight bills trying to expand telehealth in front of Congress. That's a huge thing to be watching. Yep. Smart. Very, very true. Um, And actually, on a side note, I just thought of this. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw on Facebook where I thanked you, but um, I scored 100 on this grammar test and the vocabulary test going around the Internet because of you. You got your possessives. You got your (laughs) whens and whos and whoms. Yes. And and some of the when is it a possessive and when is it not. It was 20 questions and I got 100 on it. Uh, and it was because of you. And so I thanked you out on, uh, on Facebook and social media for that. Justin, or anybody <laughs> listening, anytime you're not sure whether, to, whether it takes an apostrophe or it's a possessive or it's an S apostrophe, please call me up. <laughs> Keep this rule in mind. When in doubt, take it out. There you go. No, it's a very good, uh, very good point. <laughs> no, and poor Greg does get phone calls or texts from me every once in a while when I'm doing a writing piece or thought leadership piece or something. Um, but uh, in this closing second here, and, you know, I always ask this of my guests, so what's your favorite place to get or be inspired? I'm going to go back to what I said the first time around. I'm going to go back to the public library. Um, I was a person who never went to the public mm-hmm. library, and I would spend a ton of money on books. And finally, the book budget ran out, and I didn't have anything to read. And I was like, well, I'm going to go to the public library. Couldn't believe what you could find in the public. Go sit there for 30 minutes and look at an art book. You know, cool. Go to the public library. Excellent. Great answer, my friend. Greg, great to have you back in the studio today, and I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, And thank you, everyone, for listening uh, and joining us. And please, again, tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustIn so we can respond to your comments from the show. Uh, In addition, all my content will be posted on my website at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.